you have to know who you are as a person. You have to have a vision yourself. Your company has to have a vision and you have to have a product or service offering that is gonna change someone's life. If you don't know where your end goal is, it's very hard for you to step into your power because it's gonna be very hard for you to know that you're progressing every single day. Stop comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing and do what you need to do to level up. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis, your host of this week's podcast and co-CEO of Boss Babe. So I thought we should just start this one with like a little life update and just dive into the podcast a little bit differently. Things have been really, really good lately. We're spending a lot of time right now building out the next phase of our growth strategy at Boss Babe. We have been growing so fast. It's literally insane, but it's really exciting and we just have the most incredible team around us. I feel like me and Danielle are getting to pull so far out of the business again. And you kind of have this cyclical process in your business where you're so in it and then you hire around you so you can pull out and then you grow so fast again that you are back in it and then you hire more people and then you get to pull out. So we're in that kind of pulled out state right now, which just feels really, really good. There's a lot of exciting things that we're working on that you're going to find out about really soon. I've also just finished planning my first two-week vacation actually in a really, really long time. I did take a full week vacation last year, like no work whatsoever. And this week's going to be two weeks. And I just love pushing that to see what we can get to. And I feel like we just have the most amazing team that can totally handle it. So this summer, we're actually going to head up to Italy and we're going to do some island hopping. I just literally can't wait for like carbs, sun, wine. (laughs) Danielle and Greg are going to come and join me and Stephen for the first half of the vacation. And then me and Stephen have got a few days to ourselves. We're actually going to be celebrating our second wedding anniversary, which is absolutely crazy. First of all, it doesn't feel like two minutes ago that we actually met, never mind got married, which is just crazy. And here's a little fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but me and Stephen actually got married when we were 25, just six months after we met. And it just goes to show like a single decision can truly change the entire course of your life. And that decision for me was like when he DM'd me asking if I'd have coffee with him. So that's definitely going to be my quote of the week. But it was so funny. He literally just DM'd me on Instagram and was like, will you go for coffee? I didn't know him, but I like stalked his profile and saw that he was from Scotland, which is really close to where I grew up at home. And I was like, yeah, sure. So yeah, just like be really intentional about your decisions because you really never know what they could lead to and how they could completely alter the course of your life or, you know, bring it into alignment. So yeah, on top of all that, that's feeling really good. And me and Stephen are currently looking at buying a house in LA. So I'm learning all the things that come with that, which is really exciting. And I just feel like such a grown up, (laughs) like buying a house, like we're thinking of moving a little bit further out. So not super in the center and just having a bit more space. That would feel really good for us. My health is still up and down. If you have been kind of following along on Instagram or you listen to the hormone podcast episode, you'll know kind of what I mean by that. So I'm still waiting for some answers there, but I'm starting to surrender more and more, which is definitely a lot easier said than done. And lately, I just feel quite proud of the balance that I've been able to have and the space that I've created for myself. And I don't know if I would have been so intentional about doing that had I not had all this health stuff to deal with. I feel it's kind of pushed me into doing things differently. And I feel like that happens a lot. Like something will happen for us that really forces us to think about things differently or do things differently or realize what's so important to us. And just like on a personal note for me, 
I realized what was so important to me was like being able to have children and have a family of our own. And it's just nice to get that reminder of like, this is what I care about. And that's what I'm kind of working for and driving towards. So that's been good. So yeah, there's my little life update. It'd be interesting to know if you like enjoy this kind of thing before a podcast or if you just want to dive straight in. So let me know, like drop me a DM, screenshot and tell me what you think of this episode and we can just dive in. So this week I interviewed my friend, John Bowles. John has been an entrepreneur for more than 10 years and has successfully scaled eight companies now, selling one of them in 2018 and is currently growing a nationally recognized award-winning brand. Over the past decade alone, he's helped scale and consult on over 160 brands across the country, grossing millions and millions of dollars for his clients along the way. And his latest company, Aventive Media, is set to do multiple seven figures this year from simply helping businesses grow through branding, web design, digital advertising and business coaching. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. And just before we fully dive in, I've got something really exciting to share with you. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually did an amazing training to show you exactly how to grow your Instagram audience by 10,000 of your absolute ideal clients in just 30 days. The training was full. We couldn't let any more people in and it lasted for about 90 minutes. It was just packed with so many tips and tricks that I've never shared before. You know, in the past, I've typically done trainings specifically on growth hacking or specifically on your content strategy. And in this training, I brought it all together and just gave a really specific step-by-step strategy that if you listen and you implement all of these things, you will grow by 10,000 of your ideal clients in 30 days. And I don't just say 10,000 followers because honestly, what does that matter? Like if those people follow you, do not give a crap what you're selling or who you are and are going to engage with you, then it's kind of useless having them. Like it's very much a vanity metric and I'm just not here for the vanity metric. So I say ideal clients because I truly believe you should be able to add 10,000 of your ideal clients in just 30 days to your audience. So if you think this would be really helpful and you think that learning how to grow your audience with these ideal clients who are engaged and actually buy from you would be helpful for your personal brand or your business, whether it's a product-based business, service-based business, whether it's actually an in-person brick and mortar business, then you have to check out this training. I've actually activated a completely free replay specifically for our podcast listeners. So just head to bossbabe.com forward slash IG dash growth. That's bossbabe.com forward slash IG dash growth to watch an instant replay. It is epic. It is totally worth those 90 minutes of your life. Make sure you come with a notebook and a pen and are just really, really focused because there's so much in there and I talk really, really fast. So with that, let's just dive straight into this episode and I know you're going to love it. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. For those listening, probably don't know, but we've just sat for like 10 minutes and already had an amazing conversation. So I definitely want to continue more of the same. So I would love to dive in and for you to tell everyone a bit about your story. And I would love for you to tell the story that I know and perhaps you don't share so often or it's not the typical Mm. story. So how's it going, guys? Thank you, first of all, for having me on this podcast you are like my spirit animal. You're my favorite person in the universe. You know, you and I vibe so well. 
and getting to know you and Boss Babe community and just seeing the tribe you guys have created and how amazing these women are and what they're doing to entrepreneurship. I will say you guys are paving the way for a lot of guys right now and you're making us get our shit together by seeing what you girls are up to. So more power to you guys. So my story, how I dive into it is a little bit different than how a lot of other people dive into their story. Through all the coaching I've done, life coaching, business coaching, I've realized there's one thing that happens to a grown-up, and you are at where you're at in your life because of one pivotal moment that happened in your childhood. You might not remember what happened. You might have to dissect and analyze your entire life to figure that out, but in the past years, I've spent a lot of money going through deep dive life coaching, seminars, courses, masterminds, you name it, and there was one pivotal moment that happened in my life, and that's going back to 1992, so we're going to go on a little bit of a journey right now, and it's Christmas morning. And I just get done opening up my presents. I was an only child. I was in the living room by myself with the TV going, Christmas tree. And I'm like, where's my family? Where is everybody? And I look down, I have a black Power Ranger in my hand and I have a Nerf gun in my right hand. And I can remember it to this day, old school Hitachi TV with the wooden panels. Like it's more vivid than me looking at you right now and having this amazing podcast. And I go to the kitchen table, my parents, they're sobbing and they're crying so hard it almost looks like the wooden kitchen table wants to collapse because of how many tears are on the table. And I'm five years old. I have no idea what's going on. So I look over at the door and my dad's bags were packed, you know, two, three feet tall. Didn't look like a normal trip. So I look at my dad and I look back at the door. I was like, dad, are you going on another work trip? And my mom just started, lost it. My dad started crying. And at that moment, that was the first time in my life I found out what not having control was. I found out what not having a family was, even though I had a family, but as a child, when you get something so dear and so close to you ripped apart and you literally have no control, your entire world shifts. So it started happening and, and my dad was, he's my best friend, very respectful to my mother, never cheated. They never fought. They never argued or called names. I was raised in a very respectful household. My dad just fell out of love, which happens from time to time, you know, so I don't have anything against him. But what started happening is back in the 90s, where I'm from in Racine, Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, is no kids were divorced. So at school, I'd get made fun of every day. You have a broken family. Your dad left you. You don't have brothers and sisters. You can't play with us. You know, I went to a higher end school that my parents could barely afford to pay me. And they called me the broke kid, the poor kid, made fun that we didn't have any money. So every single day for an entire year, I was going to school, getting picked on, beat up on, on the playground, getting bullied by a bunch of rich kids. And that carried over into, you know, six, seven, eight years old when my parents, they thought that giving me gifts would get me to stop crying, which a lot of parents do. So I started bringing these toys to school and everyone started wanting to be my friend. So at that moment of five to seven years old, I lost control. And now I'm seeking approval from all my classmates off the money and the toys that I just brought to school. So it clicked for me back then at the age of five to seven, money equals happiness. Money equals people liking you. Money equals power, control. And I felt like I had the control back from when I lost when I was five years old. And if you research happiness, happiness is a very mainstream term now. If you break it down, you're actually seeking three things. That's approval, that's control, and that's security. So I had all those things when I started bringing you know, toys onto the playground. You know, we'll fast forward a little bit. I wasn't the greatest kid when it came to school. I just wasn't I'm a visionary, just like you. I, I live in the clouds. I was thinking of business, probably 10, 12, 13, 14 years old. I didn't care about geometry or economics or any of this other stuff. 
So I got B's and C's all throughout grade school and I started getting wrapped up into the wrong kids. And this is where my story takes a deep dive, which a lot of people are very shocked when they hear this story. And they started coming around with new shoes, new hoodies, new clothes, new toys. I'm like, where are you guys getting this money? My parents give me maybe $20 a week for an allowance and I barely get that. Like, what are you guys doing? And I found out what weed was for the first time. And coming from a small town, you know, going to private Christian schools, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, well, if you guys are making money off that, can I make money off that? And I kind of got lured into starting to sell drugs. So 16, 17 years old, I started smoking pot for the first time, started selling weed for the first time. Fast forward to 16 going on 17, I had a, a million dollar business. I was selling everything from Oxycontin, Percocet, Vicodin, opiates, you know, you name it, I've probably sold it. And I had no idea what I was doing at that time. I had a business model. I would get product from X at a very small cost and I would sell it for Y. And my Y was almost 400% over what my X was. So I had a very lucrative business model back then at the age of 16 or 17 years old. But I didn't know what I was doing to people. I didn't know what I was doing to families. I had no idea the destruction of drugs. And I learned the hard way. You know, I had hundreds of thousands of dollars on cash on hand. I made, you know, over a million dollars before I turned 18 years old and I lost it all. A lot of my drug dealers got caught and busted. I was dealing with some pretty dangerous people. So I'm glad my family didn't get put in jeopardy or anything happened. My parents did find out, you know, they kicked me out of the house for two weeks. So I didn't really have a place to live for a couple weeks in high school. But fast forward through that, you know, I'm giving the synopsis right now. It was a very painful time in my life going from having the power and the money and the success, which obviously goes back to when I was five years old, which I didn't have the control, the money or the power or any of that, which drugs and being a drug dealer brought that to me. I started taking my own pills. I started taking, you know, Oxycontin, Vicodin, Percocet, and I was addicted to drugs for almost three years. At that time, it ruined my entire life. But what I've learned over the past decade is it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And I have gone through hell and back my entire life from the age of five to being an opiate addict to going through rehab at the age of 20, going bankrupt, my parents having to borrow me money for my first apartment building, and then launching my first successful six-figure company later that year. But I used to think, poor old me, my parents got divorced, no one loves me, I'm not good enough, I have to bring these toys for these kids to like me. I always thought that happiness was external. I thought that I had to achieve something to get people to like me. And I did that since five years old. How crazy is that? 20-something years, you're living a life that you think happiness comes from things you have no control over. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, 
Every new membership comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So there's no risk. And right now our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. I feel you on that. I'll just jump in to say thank you so much for sharing that. And it's funny because I'm also a kid of divorce and I can remember. So my parents got divorced when I was three. And it's funny because I could play that entire movie out for you right now, just exactly how it happened. And these things do affect us, but we brush them under the rug because it's what we're taught to do. And for me, I learned that achievement equaled love. So Mm. I just would achieve, 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 achieve. And if I wasn't achieving, I had this voice in my head, you're not worthy, you're not deserving. And it does take a long time to rewrite that story. So you said... You got to this point, you had a million dollar business. You must have been running pretty epic business at that point. But It, it, it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. So you had a million dollar business. You started taking your own pills and got addicted to drugs. How did you lose the million dollars? How did you end up losing all of that? And what kind of brought it all to a head? Yeah. So I would say that was over like a year, a year and a half that I made that type of money. But when you're living that type of a lifestyle, I was spending money on everything to get people to like me. So that quality never left me. I was buying girlfriends, diamonds, and pearls, and all these things that kids our age should not know what it is. I was spending my own money on my own pills. I was spending money on parties and alcohol and just buying tons of clothes and needless stuff. So it's like having a business and your sales keep going down and down and down, but you're so messed up on your own product. Sales started going down, going down, and I was spending my own money to keep it going. I just woke up one day and everything was gone. I'm like, holy shit, I have a couple hundred dollars left to my name. Like, this is not okay. So from there, and you talked about just soon after that, you were able to launch your successful six-figure business. And now you have an amazing, incredible, successful business. You have a massive team. What has that journey looked like from going from this really scary business model and being addicted to drugs to actually a leader of this incredible company. Like how did you even step into that? And we can talk about the leadership aspect after that because I know that's a whole new ballgame, but how did you step into that role? So once I got off of drugs and going through rehab, it was the most painful hell you can imagine. Picture rehab, picture what hell looks like 
amplify that by a hundred for 30 full days. And that's what I went through. So when you go through hell and it feels like the world is ending, your skin is crawling. It feels like there's a demon trapped inside of you. When you're clean and when you're out, at least for me, a lot of the other people that went through treatment actually ended up dead or in prison. So I was one of the you know, anomaly that went in and I'm very grateful for making it out because I can share my story and impact the world like I'm doing now. I got out and I was like, screw this. If I'm going to let another day go by where I don't fix what I just caused, better my life, better the universe, because I took so many lives, not taking lives, obviously, but I, I did so much bad things where I was taking kids away from their families or harming the world, let's just say, that I had a new mission. And I said, I want to become a better version of myself each and every day. I want to inspire every single person around me and I want to do it the legal way and the legit way. So the first company I launched 10 years ago, I just fell into. I didn't even mean to do it. I moved to a new city, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is the largest city in Wisconsin. I started barbacking. So picture going from having all this money and super powerful, everyone loves you, to cleaning toilets in front of the hottest girls in the city. So it was a very big ego check. I'm sitting here behind the bar, you know, kind of flirting, whatever, and then I have to go clean the toilets. So it, it was a very big ego check. Just like you, I'm a social butterfly. I could move to anywhere in the world and make friends and have energetic conversations and people end up you know, liking the energy that we have. So long story short, I ended up knowing a lot of people in the city within a very short amount of time. So the bar owners and restaurant owners started seeing that and they stopped having me work my normal shifts and they wanted me to start promoting. And then I had my own Wednesday night and then it was Thursday hosted by John Bowles and then it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I had no idea how fast that would pick up. I soon had the hottest parties in the entire city for almost a year, two years straight. And it got to the point where I was like, a, I hate saying like local celebrity because that was definitely not the case, but I was very well known throwing parties for celebrities, professional athletes. I was the gatekeeper at all the nightclubs that everyone wanted to get into. So if people love me, they really love me. If someone didn't get in, they wanted me dead. I had people follow me home to my apartment and my parking structure. I got hate mail back on Facebook, death threats. So it was way too public facing for the age of 21 to 22. So I accidentally said, well, if we just throw a logo up and a company name, can we just hide behind it? Because I was sick of being the face of everything. And we started a company. We did a little over a million in, in revenue that year for our clients and took home, I think like a quarter million for ourselves that first year. So that was my first business experience. So it went from selling drugs to being broke to way too much attention to accidentally starting my first business and it picks up like wildfire. So that kind of transition, you know, let's say just, you know, I've launched eight of my own brands over the last decade and I honestly don't think, and I, I've been called success many times in my life. I think I've done more amazing things in the past six months internally with happiness and who I am that makes the last 10 years look like I had training wheels on or bumper lanes in a bowling alley. And it's almost like that was just like I was playing in the sand with Crayola crayons. Like people view it as success, but it's almost like I've done so much life transformation to discovery in the last couple of months that it makes it look like the last 10 years was just a test run. I went in from launching that company. I had a tech company that was going to raise a couple million dollars in funding. I got screwed over on that deal by a best friend, you know, lost almost a quarter million dollars on that. I started consulting for nightclubs, restaurants, hotels, salons, and spas. I did really well at that, but I was miserable. I got into the e-commerce game and fitness, ended up selling that company back in May. But my passion lies in building brands for other people. My passion lies in helping business owners 
achieve something that they don't know how to achieve. I'm a giver. I'm a provider. I am a visionary and serial entrepreneur. I love creating things. I'm not the guy that starts a brand and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this for the next 30 years and we're going to launch this product and that product and that product. I love working with a hundred different brands on different marketing campaigns, branding, websites, coaching. Like I'm such a creator. I can't just stay with one thing. I love that. And it kind of shows when you have this evolution of different companies and trying different things, you get bored and you move to the next thing. So to find a way of serving all of those different people, I think is so interesting. So you talked about the last six months being a place where you've done so much work. And I feel like it's true. Like success might look like success on externally and you might be making money and all of those things and people might be liking you but if you're not internally feeling like your soul is connected to what you're doing then it doesn't feel like success for you and I've had that experience too where I had a company that was externally doing so well and for me I saw it as a stepping stone it helped me to learn a lot of things it helped me to get out of the position I was in and start to move towards where I want to be but my soul wasn't connected to it and I ended Mm -hmm. up walking away from it and people couldn't understand why I would do that when my biggest goal was just to have a business but it's like Maslow's hierarchy right like when you started to establish that and you aren't worrying about where your next paycheck's coming from, you aren't worrying about those small things. That's when it's a real luxury to be able to lean into what you're really passionate about. And I think that's just some of the journey of entrepreneurship and where it gives you and you can get that in a career too. But entrepreneurship really is like a mirror, like you're holding a mirror up to show all sides of you. If you have big goals and plans, you have to be the absolute best version of yourself that you can be. And I know you've got a pretty big team and you're scaling really quickly. And so what kind of work have you had to do that's kind of turned you into the leader you need to be? That's a great question and all very valid points. I used to think, and for any entrepreneurs or boss babes that are listening or people that want to be successful, I used to be the guy that would always spend time researching other brands and companies and marketing and all these different cool things that we could do. I've always been into fitness. I've been into personal development. I've lived a very good and clean lifestyle ever since getting out of rehab a decade ago, but I've never gone as deep as I'm going now. And I realized it's not a rather of who I have to become. It's who I have to reveal to step into my true power. It's not becoming a John Bowles or a Lewis house. And the funny thing is, is I did MITT in in LA with Chris Lee, who is Lewis house's business and life coach as well. And Chris Lee is a dear friend of mine, love him like a brother now. And I remember getting up on stage and I said, my limiting belief is, and I'm shaking with the microphone. There's 150 intimate people there in an intimate setting. And I was like, I have a fear. I'm never going to be the Lewis house. I'm never going to be a New York times bestseller. I'm never going to be the influencer, because I don't care about the press or any of that. I care about influencing people, inspiring people. I'm never going to be these things. And Chris grabbed the microphone and he's like, when are you going to be John Bolt? When are you going to step into your power and not look at what Lewis is doing or what this person is doing or what that person is doing? When is John Bowles going to get over his shit and step into his power? Because there's millions of people's lives that are counting on you to get over your own bullshit. Mm. Since then, I started reading a book a week in January, which has been the biggest, I kid you not, the biggest benefit I've ever done in my entire life. And I've invested over a quarter million dollars, probably just like you in life coaching, business coaching, masterminds, but reading a book a week on personal discovery or development or mindset vision. I don't read any storytelling type books. 
that has gotten me so much better as a leader in understanding how people think on how they feel on what their emotions are. And the biggest misconception I had as an entrepreneur is I thought I had to be this powerful guy with these huge companies and all this notoriety and success. And that's not the case. You need to be to your core, the most authentic you can possibly be. You need to know yourself like the back of your hand, because as you and I can both relate to right now, you know, you're definitely growing a lot faster than we are. But when you're going through growth spurts that everyone wants to have, that is almost as vulnerable as if you're failing. It's a house of cards, it's a glass house, and there's no insulation, there's no cushion. When you're growing at the level that we're growing, one small move or a, a kink in the process, a kink in the armor, the whole castle comes down. And you better know who you truly are. Stop with the highlight reel on Instagram. Stop wearing the mask. Stop faking it till you make it. I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that was making a quarter million dollars a year who was spending $300,000 a year to live this lifestyle to make people think he was successful. And up until 2018, I never shared my story about addiction or being a drug dealer. I hid that in the corner so no one would look at that guy. Telling my story for the first time back in January of 2018 was the biggest transformational moment I've ever had. And since then, guess what I've been able to do? I've been able to coach over five women that have suffered from rape, that have suffered from horrible things in their life. Now, if I was still wearing a mask, do you think I'd be the coach that they were looking up to that would allow them to step into their own power? If I was living a lie and I'm still wearing the mask on my face, how can I help people get them to the promised land? So by me getting over my own bullshit and investing in life coaches or personal discovery and self-development books and learning who John is, not John Bowles, who's verified on Instagram, who John is. I like John. I love John. I have a very, very good relationship with John right now. And I love to read. I love to meditate. I love yoga, plants, energy, sun. I don't care about nightclubs. I don't care about girls. I don't care about the exotic cars. I am here to be the best version of me because I have an entire team that's looking up to me. A lot of followers and fans that are looking at me to step into my power every day. And I haven't even gotten started yet. I want to help millions of people, not just a couple hundred, not just a couple thousand, because going over my journey over the last 10 years or even 30 years, I have learned that I have a true gift in me. And that's to be able to authentically lower my ego and be able to tell when something's going wrong with someone and help them through something they're going through. And I want to do that on a massive scale. So to get back to your original question, so many CEOs and entrepreneurs put this mask on and you have to hide from your employees and you have to be this happy guy 24 seven. That was me. And guess what, Natalie, I was freaking miserable. I'd walk into work every day and we were doing very well with every company we had. And I was faking it. I was lying to them straight to their face. It's amazing. It's great. Yada, yada, yada. And you would think that you would have to keep upselling the last story you told them. Well, I told them this last Thursday, I, I got to tell them a little bit better this time. And then I'd go home and I'd be miserable. And the money coming in didn't fix it. The cars, I'd upgrade a car every six months. I'd have a new girlfriend every year. Like now I'm dating myself. I'm single and love dating myself because I'm 30 years old. I want to meet the love of my life, a girl who has her own vision, a girl who is motivated without looking at me like I'm a meal ticket or the golden ticket. I want to meet someone when the time is right. But I used to force it. I used to think I would need a girlfriend or a significant other or partners or all these other things with business because I was so afraid of looking at the power I had within me. Yeah, I feel that. And I think 
for some people listening and them hearing you talk about the power you have within yourself, they are like probably thinking, I, I don't have power within myself. Like, how can he even say that? Where does that come from? Mm. Is there some specific work you've done that has allowed you to step into that confidence and step into your own power? Like for someone listening that is probably listening to you and thinking, okay, that's great, but I can't do that. How would you suggest they even start going about that? So first I'll start with what not to do, if that's okay. And then I'll, yeah. then I'll go into what to do. Because anyone that's listening right now, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much overweight you are. I don't care what you think that you are or that you're not. You are beautiful and you are enough, whoever is listening to this right now. I used to be the guy that would look at the influencers or celebrities and say, wow, they must have been like born on a different planet and they came down on a rocket ship because I am nothing like them. And I would compare myself to other people. And as soon as you compare yourself to another thing or being, you give up your own power and you give up your most amazing aspects of your own life. So one, don't compare yourself to someone else. They are on a different journey and a different path. You have no idea what I've gone through in 10 years, just like I have no idea what you've gone through in 10 years. And a lot of the people I've looked up to, the celebrities, the influencers, guess what? We're both all good friends with them now. And I know their stories. I know who they are away from Instagram. And they have all gone through hell. They have not had an easy roller coaster ride. When I've been sharing my story in all these podcasts, people used to reach out. Well, you're different than me. How do you have this power? And I tell my full story. They're like, wow, you've gone through all that and you can still sit here and tell me. So one, don't compare yourself to other people. Two, do not give your power away. Anything anyone does to you is not personal. I went on a rant on Instagram today. If you get let go from a job or a boyfriend breaks up with you or a guy cheats on you, I've, I've talked with many women about this. this. is a very big topic. I'm guessing for a lot of boss babes as well. You guys will let a guy cheating on you affect where your business goes, affect where your career goes, affect how magnificent your sparkle is. You have to realize what he did is not personal. What a boss does is not personal. They are living in their own universe, their own world, and they are doing the best they can to survive. It has nothing to do with you. So to step into your power, one exercise I really like to do, there's a couple rules. When you do positive affirmations, you have to truly believe them. You cannot write down, I am the president of the United States because it's obviously not true. <laughs> you have to write down things that are true. I used to be the guy that would write, I can't wait till I can deposit a quarter million dollars into my bank account, right? A lot of that stuff happens or you can hit that goal, but when you're putting it into the future, you're taking away the present. So step number two, stop thinking about the past and the future because you missed the present. Presents are I am. I am talking with Natalie right now. I am on the Boss Babes podcast. I am amazing. I am influential, powerful, whatever those positive affirmations that you are, you have to write those down and read them to yourself daily. Even if you start with five or 10, don't worry about 50 to hundred or whatever. Start with five positive I am's. I am here in the present today. I am going to crush today, whatever those positive affirmations are. So if you're trying to discover where your true power is, those are a couple of things. The biggest eye-opening experience I've ever done in my life was creating a vision. Now, Lewis House, the School of Greatness, has a phenomenal vision course in his book that I've had a lot of clients go through. So buy that book if you're looking on how to create a vision. But if you don't know where your end goal is, it's very hard for you to step into your power because 
if you're looking at this huge treasure map and you don't know who you are, where you are, where it's going, what this universe is, it's going to be very hard for you to know that you're progressing every single day. So create a vision, whether that's one year out, two years out, and just write a couple pages. This is who Natalie is in 2020. And all you have to do is reverse engineer it to today. And that allows you to step into your power. But I think the biggest misconception is, is people look at, let's just say you, Natalie, boss babes is crushing it. You're verified. You're beautiful. Your husband and you're in a relationship is absolutely like relationship goals. Everyone looks at you and they're like, wow, she, she's untouchable. She's way up here, but they don't realize you've been focusing on just becoming 1% better every day. And over one year, you are 365% better than you were last year. I wish I could consecutively get those numbers in business every year. We're tripling every year, but I wish for the rest of my life, I could just do 1% better every day with business because that doesn't happen. So that's not real. But you have full power and full control in your own life to become 1% better every single day. The other big thing is you have to start reading. Stop watching TV, stop watching soap operas, stop sitting on the couch, get out into nature and start reading books. That is the biggest impact I've ever had in my life. And you start to go through these successful entrepreneur stories and you start to view yourself in those stories. And day after day after day, your power starts to come out of its little closed box and you didn't even know it was there. And day by day, three to six months in, I want you guys to DM Natalie or myself after you've done all these things and you're gonna be like, wow, I had no idea that person was in there. And the question I want to leave with them on me answering this question is you were a little boy or a little girl when you were first born, grade school, preschool, growing up. What did you want to be? An astronaut, a firefighter, a ballerina, whatever your goals were, where did that go wrong? Where did that little girl get lost in her journey that she thought that she was fat, ugly, not good enough? insecure, not cool enough, not smart enough. They need to go back and find that little girl. They need to go back to the happy and joyful knowing that she can do whatever she wants to do to get to where she's trying to go. There's no difference between us. It's what I do every single day that separates me from anyone else. I'm up at five to 6 a.m. every morning. I go straight to the gym for an hour. I meditate with Muse for about 20 or 30 minutes in the morning. I have the same morning ritual and I go and read for two hours and I have a company that's growing like wildfire right now. People would think you're crazy. You're not working first thing in the morning. No, I do personal self-care. John needs his love before he gives it to the rest of the world. So I'm doing more from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. And then I'm going into the office to work an eight to 10 hour shift. And then I'm coming home having another healthy meal and then I'm going and reading for another one to two hours. But people aren't wanting to put that much time into it. They get a little bit level of success and they give up. Or if they haven't even found success, they could just give up in the beginning because they look at these verified quote unquote influencers and they think they have it all figured out. But they don't. This is a journey. No one has it figured out. You just have to start. Yeah, I agree with that, especially when you say no one has it figured out because we, we're all just seeing what kind of happening um, even it was funny one of my best friends she voice noted me the other day and she was like you've just got your everything together like you know exactly what you're doing and I was like wow I must be doing something right if that's how it looks because it's not always like that and there's a few things you said that I just want to kind of highlight you said this idea about giving your power away and one thing I've realized is 
when you react to someone or something, mm -hmm. that's you giving your power away. And one of the biggest transformations I've been able to make in my personal life is not reacting to things. Like I can be sitting in a meeting and someone could say anything to me and I don't react. I mean, I'm Capricorn anyway, but my face <laughs> is just like stone. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And I just imagine it bouncing off me. Like I know it's not personal and I imagine it bouncing off me. I wouldn't say I'm as good as that in my marriage when I'm definitely working on it, but I know <laughs> that when you react, you give your power away. And on top of coming out and telling your story, it's something I did it was only, I think, last year too. I've never talked about my story growing up. And I wanted to do it because I knew, okay, it's time to get rid of the mask because I had tons of people messaging me saying, oh, like, it's all right for you. You're successful because of this and this. And I was like, wow, if they only knew what I truly went through, then maybe they would think it's possible for them too. And yeah. I probably told my story way before I was even ready to do it. I did it at a live event. I was standing up and I was shaking and I asked Same. my best friend, yeah, it's terrifying, right? I had my best friend standing on stage with me because I was too afraid to do it alone and I thought I might clam up so she would have to interject. And I did it and she hugged me afterwards and I stood on stage just crying and everyone was so supportive and amazing. And once I did that, I felt like I took off this backpack that I'd been carrying yes. and I left it there because I was like, you know what? There is no skeleton in my closet now. This is me. And anyone that I feel like interacts with me from this point forward is here for me. And almost this mask that I wore for a long time, I felt like I might not have friends if people knew like where I came from or what my story yep. was like or anything. And it's really empowering to know like, wow, the people that call themselves my friends truly like me for me. And that was a big game changer. And then, yeah, just talking about the vision board thing, I think that's essential. And that's been part of my routine since I was about 13. I've always had this vision and it always came through. And so the vision that I've got now, like I have an absolute confidence that it's going to happen. And confidence, again, what you were saying is a big part. So people are so interested when I talk about my marriage and how me and Stephen were able to find each other. And for me, it was all about that confidence piece. And once I had confidence in myself and had that figured out, then everything else kind of fell into place. So I love that we've kind of journeyed up until this part and went so deep. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about the work that you do, because I know one of your zones of genius is scaling brands. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about what it takes to have a brand that is scalable and what people could be doing with their own companies in order to put themselves on that growth trajectory. Perfect. So you know, we do a lot of consulting and business coaching across the world now with a lot of successful brands. The one thing that you guys need to remember, whoever's listening, is human beings are human beings. You're not selling to a company. You're not selling to some powerful CEO or some broke college student. You're selling to a human being who has a heart, who has a soul, who has their own shit going on in their life. Your brand has to feel something. It has to be something. It has to have a heartbeat. If you think you're just going to go and create, we're doing a lot of stuff in the CBD and cannabis space right now. And everyone is wanting to launch a CBD company. They're like, Oh, we're just going to use a white label, throw a logo on it and sell it and make millions of dollars because it's a $30 billion industry or soon to be X, Y, and Z. What people are failing to realize is that if you just throw shit against the wall, excuse my language, or do a shotgun approach, it's not going to work. You have to actually strategize on where your business is going. So for any entrepreneur or CEO or business owner, I always like to start with vision, personal vision first, not just company vision, 
because I made the mistake of building every company I ever had and then building my personal vision around the company versus my company being built around me. Because let's just say a successful entrepreneur launches a brand, scales it, but his life is revolving around the brand. Guess what? His wife's going to end up leaving him. His kids are not going to know what their dad looks like, just the back of their head. And as time goes on, it's going to be a hundred to $300 million brand, which I know a lot of guys that are at the couple hundred million dollar level. And they said if they had to go back again, they'd work 40 to 60 hours a week. They'd outsource, they'd hire so they could be home for their family. They're now divorced. Their kids barely know them and they have a powerful brand, but it didn't mean anything. So when you're building a powerful brand or how to scale, you have to like all the personal discovery we talked about at the beginning is a necessity. I don't regret anything, but if I had to go back again and redo everything, I would have started with the personal discovery, not the business and success. I would have gotten my shit together and then looked at launching a brand. But for anyone that wants to scale at a couple hundred or a couple thousand percent, you have to know who you are as a person. You have to have a vision yourself. Your company has to have a vision and you have to have a product or service offering that is going to change someone's life. Unless you're a Walmart or a Target or someone that has venture funding or hundreds of millions of dollars, you have to be doing something that changes a customer's life. There's so many different ways of intricate detail you need to have in today's day and age where like we're launching a new CBD brand right now. We're going as fine tuned as what type of silk packaging are we using? What happens when they rub their fingers against the packaging? What type of experience are they going to get? Should we make the blue or the pink gloss? What's that going to do to the female perspective? We analyze everything. So it starts with vision and what you're going to be offering, where your company is going to be going. And the biggest thing, which I know you and I have talked about, Natalie, is you have to have a culture right? No successful entrepreneur did it on their own back. We're hiring about two to three employees every single month right now, which (laughs) beyond me, I'm not a manager by any means. Mm -hmm. I am a leader, but there's a difference between leadership and management, right? So when you're trying to grow a brand and scale a brand, stop comparing yourself to the competition. Stop comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing and do what you need to do to level up. So when you're developing and building a brand, it starts with vision you have to then carry that vision over into what products and services are going to help you get to that vision. You don't just say I'm launching this company that has 60 milligrams of CBD or, you know, I'm launching this podcast. Does it align with your vision? You start with a vision first. I want my company to look and feel like this. It's like a baby. It's a newborn baby. I want it to be running the Olympics at age 13. Okay, great. What products and services do we have to launch to get her to be running the Olympics at 13 or 14? And then you start diving into the product and service offering okay, we can tweak this, we can tweak that. What consumers would do that? Then you create your ideal avatars, your ideal buyer personas. And then that trickles down into what colors do they like? What type of words do they like? And that goes into how you brand yourself. And it's a trickle down effect. And then your marketing campaigns are built off all the pain points and solutions in your ideal customer workshop that you do. So it's not a hard process. It just takes time and no one wants to spend the time on developing a brand. And what I'm doing with the Vintive Media now is we're developing an iconic brand just like you guys are with Boss Babes. I don't want a company anymore. I don't just want a marketing agency. I want an iconic brand that people can get behind even if they never use our services. They're like, wow, that they're a Vintive changed my friend's life or my mom scaled her company or they did this with this person. Like they're so involved with the community. They are a breath of fresh air. I want an iconic brand that changes the world, not just makes $100 million in revenue and I get to retire at the age of 40. I want to leave a legacy behind. And every entrepreneur that starts a brand, whether you want to sell it or leave a legacy behind, 
you have to have an end goal. You have to have an end game plan. Otherwise your customers are going to know you're full of shit. You can't just offer a product or service that's white labeled by someone else and think you're going to do a hundred million dollars in revenue when you're not even intimate with them on social media. You're not even intimate in the content. So it's like, how do you expect to do all that type of revenue when you have no relationship with your customers? So it all comes down like coming full circle. Cause I just gave a, a lot. You have to know who your target customers are and you have to have a very intimate, loving relationship with them, knowing what makes them tick, where their pain points are and offering solutions for those. And you need to have customer service and culture be at the top of the food chain, not being verified on Instagram or have all these cool Facebook ads and funnels. And that's popular now. Well, I have a hundred thousand dollar funnel. Great. How's your culture? How's your customer service? That is the meat and bones to a business. I've had a lot of friends scale to $50, $100 million in revenue and the business has almost come tanking down because they focus so heavy on influencer marketing and funnels that their customer service started lacking. So culture, customer service, and vision are at the forefront of it all. You can always hire a branding agency. You can always hire a web development agency to outsource all the work to, but it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to come to us to build your entire company for you. So you have to do the intricate parts as the CEO and visionary and then outsource the branding to someone else, outsource the Facebook ads, focus on your level of genius and create product and service offering. That's going to change the world, not just get rich quick because I hate to say it, that company's going to flop. Yeah. You said a, a few really interesting things there. You said, stop thinking about the competition. And um, one thing I've always said is if you're thinking about the competition, you're thinking too small. Because we've scaled Boss Babe in the way we have, not because we were looking at the competition, but we were thinking about our vision and what we wanted to create. And if you look at like a typical influencer or Instagram brand or anything like that, they follow a very specific path. They have the partnerships and funnels and all of those amazing things, which can make a really successful brand. But for me, it didn't feel like that was the right vision. So we've been signing huge deals with K-Swiss and other massive companies like this and doing things Congrats, that... Congrats, by the way, that's huge. Thank you. But we've been doing things that people maybe aren't doing so much in our space. And the reason is because we're not looking at the competition. And you also said this part about intimacy. And I also think that's really, really interesting because a lot of people... I think have this idea for a great company and they are so good at what they do, but then they go out and they build all the funnels and all the things and then customers aren't coming in and they're kind of stuck at square one and they don't have the revenue. So it's really hard to do anything else because the revenue is like the blood in your veins, right? Once that's there, everything else falls into place. And I think in the beginning, it's so important for people to get intimate with their customers. Like you were saying, like, don't be afraid to sell in the DMs. Don't be afraid to go out for one client at a time. And then eventually it's all going to build up. And I, I know Absolutely. that's how we started. Yes, same. And that's how we built the agency. We focused on one to two to three clients at first and we built case studies on them. We got them phenomenal results. We put all the case studies in our marketing, in our blogs, on our content. Now, thank God I haven't spent $1 on ads. We spent 20 grand one year. It all went down the drain with you know someone who didn't fully know what they were doing, but we've been able to scale to the level that we're at with zero paid traffic because what we did is we focused on referrals. We focused on phenomenal engagement that we have with our customers. We know our customers like their family. We are a marketing and web development branch of these companies. We're not some agency that charges them an invoice every month. Like our team knows each other. We've had food. We've broken bread together. Like we know who we're working with. And that's so important to start small. 
I never say perfect, but start small and know what you're doing with those one or two people because what's going to happen is if you scale way too quickly and all of your loyal tribe or your community get a really bad experience, you're done. They're never going to come back to you to purchase and all of their friends that they told you about when they ask it, like, oh, we don't work with them anymore. They did X, Y, and Z. Like you have to start small, focus on the culture, focus on the community, making sure that you're hitting a home run with that and then start to scale. But so many people want a million dollars overnight. They want that supercar. They want to be in, in Inc. and Entrepreneur and Forbes, but you got to play the long game. You cannot just do a, a Band-Aid fix. I'm so in agreement with that. And what you said about getting people results is such a big one. And we're the same. We don't really spend money on advertising either. And we focused on building our community and understanding our community so well. And I could pretty much have a conversation with myself knowing what people in my community would say when I'm creating something, I can have a narrative with them because I know them so well. And we even have people from our community in focus groups and we meet with them once a month. Love that we let them tell us what to do and we're driven by that. And so I think that's really, really important. So for anyone listening who is thinking they'd like to start an agency or generally want to scale their business, think about how you are treating the people that you have right now and how you're turning those results into case studies. And I get a lot of questions of, well, how do you start when you've got no experience and no one will give you a chance? And I say, start for free, do whatever it's got to take to get that one testimonial or that one demonstration of your work because once you've done that that's how you can build with other people so that's a really big thing and another thing you talked about which I think is really interesting is this balance between the operations and the marketing I call it like the left brain and the right brain of your business and I'm very lucky because my business partner is the logistical operational one I'm yeah, I'm out here pieing the sky with all these visions and crazy <laughs> ideas of what a billion dollar brand looks like. And then she helps kind of bring that down and um, makes the business she's, on the back end she's run. The integrator. Yeah, you, you, every visionary has to have an integrator. That is yeah. the biggest game changer. You can't be both. You can try for a little while, but I am not an integrator. I live in the clouds. I'm the visionary and I have an integrator on my team who she crushes it. She's a female, by the way. And I probably would only hire a female in that role because you girls are so passionately, emotionally, OCDly involved that like it needs a woman's touch on it versus a man's touch, which is very rigid. It's very quick. Get it done. Like she takes my vision and integrates it in a way that I don't even think I would know how to do. And that's yeah. so key in making sure that your visionary and integrator role matches up so well. Otherwise, your vision's never going to come to life. Yeah, it's so important. And like what you were saying about customer service and everything we have been in positions where we've scaled so quickly that customer service has been absolutely stretched. And like, I have been sitting on live chat and answering DMs at midnight and making sure that everyone has a good experience, but scaling that quickly isn't always fun. So having all that side ironed out. And for me, when my team wasn't so big, it was very much about my left brain days, my right brain days. Cause as you said, you can't be both. Yeah. You can't just flit in between. So that's amazing. And I feel like we have just covered so much stuff. People are going to be listening and probably so motivated to go and read a book or do something next. So I would love to ask you, what book would you recommend? I would say from the past six months that you've read that you would recommend most. So if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, you want to be, I would recommend starting with E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber. And I would also read Built to Sell. Mm -hmm. Those give you competencies to allow yourself to build your company how it should from the get-go, which are really good. 
if you are already a business owner or kind of seasoned, this is one of my favorite books. It's the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Natalie, if you haven't read this book, I'm reading it for the second time this month alone. Like I'm reading three books right now. This is a game changer. Another book that I just finished last week was The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. I think I told you about it before we hopped on. Yeah. That is a very deep book on personal happiness, finding your true power, understanding that everything you need in life is in your body when you're born and brought to this world, not external things. So if someone feels like they don't have the power, I would definitely go back to that book. Another really good book is Man Up. Bedros just launched. And that's a really good book, a nice little kick in the ass. So if you're feeling not motivated or you need a little bit of push, Bedros does phenomenal at motivating with personal stories and stuff like that. If you like when Natalie and I talked about lowering your mask and sharing your deep, dark secret, I went through that training at MITT like Lewis House did. And I did that before I read his book. But his book, Mask of Masculinity, goes through a lot of the training that we went through. So if you're looking to get over the skeletons in your closet, that's a lot of work you need to do before you ever launch a company. So I would recommend anyone listening, if you are still unsure of yourself or who you are or the baggage you carry, I hate to say it, but you have to start there before you ever launch a company. Because once you are on the growth trajectory like we're both on, you will be stretched way more thin than you've ever imagined. You will be in the spotlight in the media. And when those things starts coming out and you're not ready for it, it is going to be a world of hurt versus you getting everything cleared away, knowing who you are, and then jumping into the mix. So I would recommend those books for sure. I love it. I'm definitely going to read those. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. I have one thing for everyone listening. So I would love for you right now, grab your phone, take a screenshot of this podcast, and I want you to share it on your story and write your biggest takeaway. Both of us are going to read it and we're going to repost to our audience. So you're going to get massive exposure to tons of boss babes. And we would just love to know what was really impactful for you. And John, where can they find you and tag you? So my Instagram is J-O-N-B-O-L-E-S. Okay, amazing. And is there any way they can find out more information about your company? Yeah, so you can go to eventivemedia.com. So it's A-V-I-N-T-I-V-M-E-D-I-A.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and be sure to leave us a review. We want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and also really want to know who you want to see on the show. And speaking of reviews, I've also got a little something on my sleeve for you. So I want to send you a copy of the Boss Babe 25. This is a brand new resource that we've created and trust me, you are going to love it. So the Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. Seriously, this little resource is like a little boss babe holy grail you are going to love it it covers everything from must-have products our favorite books rituals that we do daily and little hacks to help you grow so if you want to copy it's really easy just leave us a review screenshot that review and email it to podcast at bossbabe.com that is podcast at bossbabe.com and we'll send you a free copy over within 24 hours 